beautiful people of the world, welcome back to another episode of Malfunction, coming in hot for you right now. And this week, we have a very special guest on the podcast. Jesse joins me, and before I say the name, please forgive me, my Texan accent is about to show through, but we have a wonderful conversation with Jacob Hemstrom from the post-rock band Oh Hiroshima. This is a really special one for us because we have personally been jamming this band for several years now. Jesse is the one that introduced me to them, and they've been an influence for us in our own music. So we were really excited to sit down, talk to Jacob, and learn a little bit more about him and where he comes from and how he got into music. So he gives us the rundown on his backstory, how Ohiroshima was formed, and how the band has transformed over time. We also talk about each of their albums, their creative process, and how he approaches writing music in general. We also talk a lot about their DIY approach to the band and how they've had so much involvement with the recording process all the way through the demo work to the mastering and mixing through the years all the way to the music videos that they release and how they do um, a lot of that on their own. So that's something that Jesse and I really appreciate and love in particular. So it was cool to talk to him about their approach and the ways that they do things. So if you can't already tell, I'm really excited about this one. It was really cool to get to talk to him Really appreciate him taking the time to talk with us, letting us ask him questions about his life and his journey as a musician. So we really appreciate you, Jacob. Thank you again. And y'all go ahead, check the show notes where you can find all the links to follow Jacob, Ohiroshima, Malfunction Podcast. And I think that's it, y'all. Let's get into it. We just really appreciate you linking up with us and having this chat so thank you oh, so much man my pleasure yeah. Yeah. so don't worry I'm, we're not texting i just have some i have like my my notes and stuff on here <laughs> and everything that i i do so how are you sure. how are you uh i'm, I'm good yeah. uh, i've been out with my kids you know and okay okay i'm just ran off so. awesome but uh yeah yeah sure i got to just small kids, uh, th- three-year-old and a six-year-old. Oh, that's awesome. I bet that keeps you yeah. very busy. Yes, they do. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, First of all, I want to, you know, I'm from Texas, so I have <laughs> probably a pretty interesting accent to you. <laughs> so if I ever say something that you're like, I don't... It sounds, sounds fine. Okay. <laughs> I apologize, but it just is what it is. Um, I'm We're sure we sound very, very uh, funny to you. <laughs> no, no, no. Don't worry. I mean, there's got to be people with uh, a lot more of a Texas accent than you. I mean, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Right? In my family. Yeah, I could definitely. definitely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you went. We're like North Texas. So like the further south you go, the worse it gets. <laughs> yeah. It... Oh, okay. Okay. I got it. All right, well, we'll start it off. Thanks again for being here. This is Jesse. I'm Mallory. Um, we're in a band together, and that's really how we. Oh, cool. Yeah, that's how we became like really good friends and met. And you know, we've really j- developed a really, really cool friendship. And I started the podcast about a year ago, and. I just really, you know, I don't have a super firm path on what I'm doing with the podcast. Mainly, I love to just talk to people about, you know, their journey, um, about their creative endeavors, what they're, what's inspiring them. And of course, being a musician, I, you know, I really love to talk to musicians and see like, what's their process. And so, um, really excited to learn about what you, you know, what you do and like your process and how you've built you know, your career and really appreciate you taking the time because um, you're in a very successful band, Oh Hiroshima, and Jesse is the one that really discovered you guys and we jam you guys like when we're setting up for band practice and um, been jamming y'all guys for like a couple of years nice. now. So really, really love the stuff that y'all are putting mm. out. So I guess we can just start like introduce yourself and you know where you're from and um we can kind of go from there yeah sure thanks so much for the kind words and, and for having me on the the, the podcast um uh, 
really great. And but you have to tell me what kind of band are you guys in? Um, <laughs> it's hard to say. Um, I mean, like we're definitely in a rock band. Yeah, yeah. I, I know that's a tough yeah, question. Yeah, it is because uh, we we enjoy creating all different kinds of music. We we're literally just talking about that before you came on. Um, you know, like I wish I could be in a different mm. band for all the different um kinds of music that i like uh, i just you know i yeah i want to play i know the feeling yeah, i want to play something i always have 10 like... bands in the back of my head i want to start right yes. yeah yes. exactly or you know i know other people mm. that i want to play with and stuff i'm like man i want to be in this band and that but it's just not realistic for me <laughs> you know um but i we sure, sure. i don't know i, I couldn't go with one genre necessarily i just i think that we're explorative Sorry about that. So, um, you know, technology. It's crazy that we're talking to you like halfway across oh, the sure. world. <laughs> um, yeah, I sure. would just say we're kind of explorative indie rock. Um, we have some dark mm. undertones, but we do, I mean, we like to be aggressive, but we do have some melodic stuff going on as well. Um, we have, you know, Jesse is a really good singer. I'm the lead singer, but Jesse mm. and our bass and... I mean, Lonnie plays bass, drums, and guitar. Um, she also can sing really well, so we have a lot of harmony going on. And that's another thing that's really cool about our band is that Jesse and the other girls, like, I really just stick with guitar and singing, but they can move to pretty much any other instrument. And so we switch around just kind of depending on how people fall into place for the songs that we're writing. And I think that's a really cool aspect of our band because we can kind of go from this style to this style because each of them bring a certain piece to the instruments they play um so yeah i, I always wanted to be in, in a band like that you know when you can switch around it's i yeah. mean it's so much more creative to and uh you know you can i guess you can create very di diverse kind of songs with 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 that approach as well so yeah Sure. And uh, I mean, you described uh, like uh, sound like from what you described, sound like a band that I would uh, really be into. So that's cool. <laughs> yeah, cool. Cool. for sure. And I'm sure that you play multiple instruments yourself. Um, or do you play multiple instruments or what's kind of your focus? And like, how did you kind of get into music? Yeah, uh, well, well, I'm, I'm a guitarist, you know, uh, that's how I, I would see myself. And, and of course, I do uh, do the vocals in the band as well. And I've been a guitarist and vocalist in, in other kinds of bands. So, I, I mean, that's that's like the instruments uh, that I would say that I can, uh, you know, uh, do well. Um, but I, I played <laughs> bass on uh, two of our records because I had to. Uh, but but I, I'm not, you know... I'm not a great bass player. I don't know how to think like a bass player, you know. Uh, uh, so I have to, you know, support from other people to tell me, okay, <laughs> can I play this? Is this like, does this work and, and so on? Uh, but yeah, and, you know, a little bit of keyboards, but, you know, very, very simple stuff just to uh, when we record it and so on. Uh, but usually nowadays yeah. I, I try to get some, some friend or someone who can really... <laughs> Um, play the instruments, that kind of instruments, well. So, sure, um, that makes sense. Yeah. So how how did you get into music? Like, how early on in your life were you writing music, and how did that process start for you? Uh, well, in, in my family, my my father was a bass player, and and we had the piano at home, and you know, a guitar standing around. My sister played uh, the piano and my brother played bass and then switched to drums later. But I was a bit of a late bloomer. I started playing guitar. Uh, it's a part of school in Sweden called, uh, we call it gymnasium, gymnasiet. It's like when you're between okay. um, 16 and 19. So it, maybe around 16, 17, I started to play, play guitar. I bought my first guitar, like an electric guitar and started playing. And it was mostly because my, you know, my closest friends, they were playing together. Uh, they all played different instruments and they had this, not really a band, but they were like jamming together sometimes. And I just wanted to be a part of that. So I, yeah, that's it, I guess. So I, I've always been in uh, in a band. I never, I never like uh, 
been to any kind of school or had any teacher or anything I, I I've learned okay. everything I know by just playing in bands with other people and I know very few songs from from like other bands uh, I've, I've always mostly played you know created my own stuff and, and that's what I've been playing and that's what I'm interested in doing so yeah yeah, yeah that's what I was about to ask you is like do you have formal education with music or did you take lessons or did you develop that skill on your own? And that's a lot of, a lot like our background. Um, you know, I was introduced to music from my dad. He's a really good guitar player and his side of the family is really into music. And so I've always been around music and he plays guitar. Um, and he gave me a guitar when I was like nine years old and like a little chord book and he obviously you know taught me like the major chords and stuff um but then mm. I just kind of built off of that off of feel and just doing stuff that I don't even know what this chord is called you know I'm just going off of feel um and that's similar to how yeah. Jesse is and she we're, we're all very filled players like when we're getting together and we're writing and stuff we like to just let the music pull us to where it wants to go. Um, and we don't really know like what the specific term may be for yeah. what we're doing. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's mm. interesting. I, I love that, that you, you built yourself off of like feel and, and you really developed your own skills. Um, you said you've been in bands early on. So when was there a certain point where you knew that you wanted to be a musician? Like, hey, this is like kind of a lifelong um, relationship I'm building with this art. Uh, well, I guess, I mean, in the beginning, you don't really, when you're a teenager, you don't think like these long lines or uh, or think about, you know, how long am I going to do this? Or uh, you just do it because it's fun in the moment. And, uh, and for me, I mean, it's always been like a hobby since I don't have any formal education in music and I've never like aspired to, to really be a musician, like, like full time. Uh, it was always, mm -hmm. you know, something fun on the side that, that, I, that I've been doing, but I think uh, it's become more and more serious, uh, a lot, um, you know, in, in parallel with, with the band and development of the band and uh, how we have attained more listeners and so on. Uh, so I, I think right now I'm probably at at the, the point in my life where where music means the most to me and and when I'm most you know engaged and you know try to put as much time into it as I possibly can and so on. Um, you know, it's it, the music scene in Sweden. It's really hard for small bands. There's not really any any kind of live scene if you're a smaller band. I mean, it's, it's a small country, and and there isn't really in, in the culture to to go down to the pub or or uh, you know some place that has shows and and watch random bands. People don't do that really. So, yeah. um, like in the beginning, I had we had like me and my friends, some kind of indie rock bands and so on. And you know, you try to get shows and and uh, you release like EPs or demos or whatever. But uh, it's really hard to get get the attention for people and. Uh, and so on so um i mean it never felt like like a possibility really to to be like a full-time musician and and i mean even now i mean i'm uh, i'm working as a teacher uh, and i do all the all this uh, the music uh, the music thing on the side uh, so uh, i'm i'm far from being able to to support myself through music i mean uh, I'm just happy to be able to do it uh, as, as much as I can, you know. When, uh, yeah. Absolutely. And that was one thing I wanted to ask you about was the music scene in Sweden. You know, like, how was that mm. growing up, you know? And, and you you started to kind of answer that for me because I, I have no idea. And um, I think Sweden, like, if I'm not mistaken, is like the pop music capital of the world. Is it like, the pop music happening? Yeah, I mean, sure. There's, but there's not a, for like, like small indie. No, no, no. I mean, I, there there are a lot of successful musicians from Sweden. I mean, uh, especially when 
when considering that it, it's such a small country and especially in, I mean, some genres like metal and, and so on, there's, I mean, oh, yeah. I, yeah, I don't know if sure. uh, this is true, but someone told me it's like the, the, the country with most metal bands per capita or something in the world, uh, or maybe it was Finland. I don't know. I feel I like I've that. heard that. I really, <laughs> I feel like I've heard that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like I come from a small town where, you know, there wasn't a huge music scene, but now we live in Dallas and we've got a pretty cool like uh, local music scene. We have a certain part of the city that is specifically a lot of music venues and stuff. So I feel very fortunate that we're able mm. to cultivate our craft, you know, with a cool little scene. And so um, how have you, mm. how have you approached like that lack of scene? Like you're saying it's hard, harder to get attention. Like you don't really have the chance to play show, shows and stuff. So what have, what have been some of the things you've implemented to reach out to people to share your music? Uh, yeah, I think you know, and and I mean, you're in a band too, so, so you probably recognize this that that it's it's hard to be in a band when you don't have like uh, like some something in the future to that you're aiming for, like maybe we're recording or a show. I mean, to be just a band that creates songs in the rehearsal space, it can be fun, but you know, you want that challenge, you want something to to aim for, and uh, early on with the bands I had before. Oh, Hiroshima. Um, I mean, you could go to shows and there were like three people there. And when you do that, you know, time and time again, you start and you you, you like email every small club in the country, try to get get a show and no one even responds and so on. I mean, that's uh, it's hard to keep it up after a while. And, and uh, I, I guess for, for Oh, Hiroshima, it was like a side project from the beginning. So it, it was just me and, and uh, Leif. Who, who, he formed the band like a solo project for him when he invited me very early on. Uh, it was just more uh, like a recording project. Uh, so we didn't really have, we just wanted to explore post-rock uh, together and didn't have any plans for, for shows or anything. We just wanted to create songs. Um, and But then there was like, this is like the mid, uh, uh, around 2007, 2006 or something there was like a lot of forums and on the internet and and post rock being uh, you know um, spread across different uh, mediums and so on and um, we it felt like like a genre where people were very interested in small small bands smaller bands and uh, we were as well um, so that was like something that gave us energy I think to I mean continue to to write stuff and and uh, it wasn't until like we recorded our second album in silence we yearn around that time uh, that we started to play live shows it was the first time we were even four people in the band so we could do shows uh, so for us it's been more about you know recording and, and creating songs and, and you know uh, jamming stuff out in in the the rehearsal space it's been like the driving force for us so creating oh hiroshima i know i'm using my texan accent (laughs) (laughs) um so the the development of oh hiroshima y'all just kind of y'all decided y'all wanted to start creating music together um and what year was that like how did that how did that actually happen like what was the 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 steps to that and how did you get to recording your first album? Like, can you take me through that process of y'all deciding, Hey, like we're going to become a band and how did you form the name, you know, and then take me there from there. I'm, I'm throwing a lot of questions at you. <laughs> I'm sorry. But like, yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll try to, to pick up the pieces here and create something, uh, some kind of answer. Um, yeah. As I said, Leif uh, was the one who started the band. It was like a solo project. He had discovered the post-rock genre and had been starting to create some songs. And um, I, uh, he showed me some 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 bands and uh, like Explosions in the Sky, Mogwai, and so on. And I was directly into it because it had uh, you know uh, it reminded me of like the melodic parts of some 
some like hardcore bands that I enjoy, like Hope's Fallen and so on. And I really, really enjoyed that. So, so I was on board and we, we said we wanted to start to create that kind of music together. And at the same time, um, my brother had just, we were re- rehearsing in this like, like small radio studio. And my brother, he was interested in, in learning how to record. So he, um, he started to teach himself um, that. And, and so it felt natural for us to try to record the songs that we, that we made together. And um, so, so we, from uh, like the start, we, we recorded our, our stuff. And, uh, and that was like the, the, the goals that we set for ourselves to, to always try to, to finish songs so we could like record them. And, and my brother Oscar, and he, who later joined the band as, uh, as the drummer, he, he made these recordings and we, we did like two demos or EPs that we released online. Um, and uh, my brother developed his skills and, and we thought after a while that, that mm-hmm. um, maybe we should try to uh, record a full, full album. Uh, we had enough songs and, and so on. Um, but this was like, I mean, I think we started the band around 2006, 2007 or something. And then these demo EPs we released 2009 and 2010. And then 2011, we released our, our debut album, Resistance of Utah. And, you know, all of this was like, uh, all of these songs and, and recordings were created in this small radio studio with like really shitty mics and <laughs> yeah, the knowledge we had at hand. Did y'all... Uh... So once you re- recorded the first album, did y'all do it all yourself, recording, producing, and mixing it? Or did y'all track it and then have someone help you do the final mix and master? Or do y'all still do all of that yourself? Uh, no, uh, no, we, we did that ourselves, or my brother did it. Uh, wow. Who's now the, the drummer of the band. So he he recorded and mixed and, and mastered everything, and I, I think you you can hear that on, on like the the first record that that it's you know, uh, I mean it's a bit more lo-fi, but there's something charming to that as well. I I think um, totally I mean, agree. Up, yeah. up until then, it was everything was like a total DIY product. Yeah. Oh, there's uh, something special about yeah. DIY, like you know, like I don't know, I I yeah. enjoy when I can hear that um, because sure. like it. It just feels genuine. It feels true. Like you wanted something and you made it happen, you know, and it's just there's something so special mm. about that. I think and, you know, I'm like, sure, when it, when production gets bigger and, you know, better, like it's great. But like there's something about just like hearing those very beginning like, yeah, uh, the, uh, it's not, yeah, like I really enjoy it there. Yeah, for sure. And um where does the name come from? Where did the name of the band? What inspired that? Uh, well, it, it was Leif who had the name for for the, like the solo project. He just uh-huh. gave it that name before I I joined in pretty quickly there in the beginning. Uh, so um, I guess it was just you know he wanted something uh, to to reflect the music. I mean something epic, emotional, you know, a bit of sorrow to it and. Uh, mm. Uh, yeah, and I guess he just thought that was a was a fitting name. Yeah, it's um, it's um, it captures your attention immediately. So a lot of the the titles of the albums, the titles of the songs, they're dramatic. There's emotion behind sure, it, yeah. and almost a story behind the very couple of words you're getting, which I think is really cool. I I love that kind of stuff. There, so you're you're obviously, you know, drawing inspiration from some topics here. Um, how do you? What's your writing process like? And are you going into a certain song going like, I have this subject that I want to write about, so I'm going to make this sort of vibe, or do you? you know, how does how do you create that? Or do you like start writing a song and you think, oh man, this vibe reminds me of this. And I attach this meaning to it. Like, how do you sort that out, and how has it developed for you? 
Well, we we always create the music first, uh, and then uh, and then uh, I mean, at least for for most part of our our career or whatever you want to call it, um, we, we created music first, and then then later you. Um, we added vocals to some of the parts in the songs um, and I always write vocals with I was just like uh, sing gibberish first to create the melody and then I try to you know stuff that melody with actual words that that had has some kind of theme behind them or to develop some kind of uh, idea lyrically uh, and it's um and sometimes, you know, we would have a, a title first, uh, just something that we thought was fitting for the song, mm-hmm. uh, that would match the mood of the song. And then I would create the lyrics like from the title. And sometimes uh, I would write the lyrics first. Uh, I had some kind of theme in mind. Um, and then try to find like like uh, like a title that that match both the, the lyrics and and the mood of the, the music. Uh, and so, yeah, I, I guess, guess that's the way we, we usually done it. That's cool. Yeah. That's when you really mentioned cool. uh, explosions in the sky and like there's something very cinematic about like their titles and, you know, everything like that. And I've, yeah. I've, I definitely get that from... Yeah. One of my favorite. Yeah, I mean, I mean, and they were a huge. Yeah, sure, they were a huge inspiration for us in the beginning. Um, Even though I think we had like more of a, a bit more like direct and more rock and roll approach. Yeah, 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 for sure, for sure. Um, um, But you know, like the titles. I mean, all the bands, or like a lot of the bands, they use titles to and. Uh, a lot of times these longer titles always like small poems and and so on and we recognize this from from like the, the some of the bands in the hardcore genre as well you know mm-hmm. where sometimes uh, like the like, like a band the chariot the, no sorry uh, norma jean the early norma yeah, jean they norma had jean. like some like song titles that were longer than than the actual you know, lyrics <laughs> yeah so on uh, I, I think we were inspired by that it felt natural to give to give the songs title that that's with some convey some kind of meaning i mean directly to to what the song could be about and yeah i mean explosions in the sky is a great example of, of this approach yeah yes. shout out yeah. to explosions in the sky they're from texas yeah i was gonna say aren't they texas yeah band? yeah they yeah are. so um what a, what a yeah i mean i saw them live and it changed my music life when I saw them live. It was it was mm. a very monumental day when they played the only moment we were alone and I'm just sitting there just blown away, crying. Mm. Um, it, it was just a very specific moment in my life. And yeah, they just immediately went to the top of my list. And that was in like probably like 2007, 2000 seven eight when yeah. i saw them live and it was just they changed mm. my music life so it's really cool that you you know have drawn inspiration from them as well and um and yeah i just i love um i, I love how y'all have a lot of space in your music where you don't have lyrics but then you have lyrics here and there i, I think that's really cool um and i also like instrumental music because you as the listener, you can develop a whole story in your head. Um, and it just creates a lot of uh, room for the listener to, you know, be creative with what they're listening to as well. And that's, I love that about instrumental, mu- instrumental music is that you can constantly develop your own world in your mind um, and create your own lyrics in your mind to what you're listening to. So Okay, I think Jesse had a question for you. Sure, yeah. Um, I just want to know about like your like your rig rundown. Like, what are you what are you using? Like, what are you playing through? What like when you record? When mm. if you were to play a show, like what kind of equipment are you using? Yeah, sure. Um, you know, I I have my uh, like a Telecaster Deluxe that I bought. Um, I, I was I was working in this was around uh, maybe. 15 years ago or something 
uh, I, I was working in Norway and, and uh, a lot of Swedish teenagers, they go to Norway to, to, uh, to get work because there's a lot of work and there's better pay and so on. So it's kind of like a, a thing that uh, a lot of young adults do. And uh, we were there, a couple of friends working our asses off. And it was like the first time that I had, you know, money to buy proper instruments. So I bought a, like a Telecaster Deluxe and a Vox AC15. And that's like the the base for what I've been using since since then. Actually, I still have the same Telecaster, and I use it for uh, it's the main guitar for for all our recordings. I I switched out the 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 bridge microphone to a Seymour Duncan. Uh, what's it called? Like uh, it's it's like a mini humbucker. It's like a humbucker in a, like single coil format, and I really love that mic and I always use it use it like in the center position with both mics so that's like my main guitar um, and then uh, just like a year ago I bought like a you can see in the back the wall here uh, like a Jay mask is, is, is a squire jazz master that I've upgraded with a bunch of different stuff and uh, but for for uh, live shows I always use my my telecaster and um I've been using my my Vox AC15 up until uh, earlier this uh, no la last year uh, when it was stolen in our rehearsal space. Oh, yeah, Dang. it's a a bit of a bummer because I've had this for so long time, uh, and I really liked it. Like like with the Vox amps, they're they're really alive and you know sparkly, and and, and I like that uh, to you know in this, when you, when you play chord, you know you get that like dynamic very dynamic sound and and it because we're using a lot of effect pedals and so on it's it's both with the telecaster and the the vox you you can really you know still maintain a clarity you know and you can hear what you're playing but still make it mm -hmm. i mean a bit larger um yeah. but I, I actually bought bought a orange uh, trem lord uh, like last week to to compensate for my stolen amp and i fell in love with it right away so that's probably what I'm going to use for uh, for live shows in the future. And it's a bit, uh, you know, it still has that clarity, but it's a bit like a thicker tone. And that's something that I a bit uh, that I um, missed a bit with the, with the, the AC-15. But for, for recordings, we have used, um, when we recorded the, the first album, we used our own stuff. But then from Silence, we yearn and on, we, we were recording in studios with, you know, uh, all the engineers and everything, and we've used the, the amps in the, the studio uh, for most part. So uh, it's been it's been different. Um, our latest record, Myriad, I used the Sun Model T reissue that, that was in the studio and sounded great. So we used it for all the guitar tracks, uh, both clean and distorted stuff. And yeah, but I'm not really a gearhead. Uh, uh, yeah, so <laughs> you know the stuff I'm saying now. This is I, I couldn't talk like this three years ago. Uh, yeah. During the pandemic, you know, I, I was kind of getting a bit more into gear because you know you're sitting at home watching YouTube and you get into all these gear channels and I thought, okay, now <laughs> I, I want I want to learn like like how do you talk about this kind of stuff and what what's the difference between different kind of guitars and amps and so on. So. Uh, uh, you know, I don't buy a lot of stuff, uh, but uh, I'm, I've gotten a little bit more interested in, in the gear. And of course, uh, effect pedals is, has been uh, the most interesting thing. And found out that like the secondhand market for effect pedals is, I mean, you can buy one and sell sell them off for the same price a year later. And that's really cool. Uh, so you don't have to be buying new stuff all the time. And it's easy to, you know, try different things. So I've been... Uh, been a bit into that since the pandemic to you know ship around yeah. pedals and yeah what kind of pedals what kind of pedals do you use or like what are some of your favorites that you've been using um uh, well i have my pedal board here on the side i have to check but um a pedal that i bought a couple of years ago before recording myriad is the the hudson broadcast it's like a distortion pedal that i really fell in love to it's it has that really organic feeling and you know it's a bit wild and it's 
sparkly. It's not smooth at all if you play the high gain settings, and it's kind of short sustain, uh, which fits. You know, when you use a lot of reverb and delay, it's nice to have a have a distortion that doesn't go right. on forever. You know, when you you, you can you know. Uh, you can uh, have it really distorted, but without having this really extremely long tail. So that's that's one pedal that I really enjoy, and another one is the Memory Lane Junior from from Diamond. Uh, I think that brand they're like out of business now, but it's like a analog delay pedal uh, that with a bit of modulation. Uh, so that's like my my. I think it's my, my favorite delay pedal that, that I've tried. And uh, it's like an always on pedal for me. I, I have it always on. Maybe not, you know, really cranked with the mix and so on, but uh, to create some texture in, in, even if I'm playing like chords and yeah. things like that. Um, yeah, you know, reverbs, delay pedals, <laughs> all the good overdrives. Stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm not I'm not a gearhead. That was mostly for anyone who's listening. <laughs> <You know? laughs> like I know the stuff that I use, but you know, yeah. as far and like I know stuff that I see that I like and that I want to try. But yeah, like as far as like being a gearhead and like actually knowing my shit about that, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. But, but, you know, one thing for me is I, I like, you know, pedals that has as few knobs as possible. Yeah. The same with the same with the amps. Like the new amp I bought is like volume, treble and bass. That's it. And I love that. You know, I just want I, I want it to be simple. Uh I don't like these pedals where you can like you can uh, plug in like MIDI and you know change everything in the like 200 menus and <laughs> that's scary to me. Yeah. I, I feel like you know <laughs> same. I, I want something that I can control. You know, I, I want to know everything this pedal does. And and so for me, like the best pedals are, are the ones with like three knobs or something. Mm -hmm. That's yeah, that's <laughs> usually my favorites. <laughs> that's hilarious. So you're on Napalm Records, right? That's Yes, how, we how are. Did, yeah. How did that happen? How did you? How yeah, did you that's get a good question. Napalm? Yeah, it was because our our first record we released ourselves. You know, just put it out online, and then we did Silence Bjorn. We did the same thing, uh, just put it out on Spotify and Bandcamp and whatever. Uh, but then we started to get some uh, hits on YouTube. Like there's a channel there called where postdoc dwells. That's the guy that runs that. Uh, Ronnie is a huge postdoc fan, and you know he puts up a lot of great records there. And uh, he put up in Silence We Yearn and started to get a lot of hits, you know. And uh, I guess Napalm Records they found out about that, and and uh, so they contacted us and and asked if he wanted to release uh, in Silence We Yearn on vinyl. We had released it on CD on a small American label called Fluttery Records, like uh, half year after we released it digitally ourselves. But then, like I think it was like a, maybe a year after after that that Napalm contacted us and they wanted to release it on vinyl, and we said, of course, yeah, sure, because we had been in contact with some some other labels talking about it a bit um, before that. Uh, and they pressed, you know, like a small amount, just 300 or something, but they sold out pretty quickly. And so after that, they asked if they could could sign us. Uh, yeah, that's so cool. That's awesome. And so once y'all signed with them, was it like a do y'all just go album by album or what's how does that work? Uh, yeah, I'm still trying to figure out how. <laughs> I like the music business and record labels work, but uh, uh, we signed on for a, a record for a three, a three album deal, um, and so that means that we have to, if we release albums, we have to release uh, them with with Napalm. So um, we released two albums with them now. So, so after the next one, uh, we'll have to. To have a talk about how to to move on from that, but um, uh, and the deal is like if, if they don't want to release anything more from us, they can you know just uh, cut the deal off. Mm -hmm. So I, I guess that's uh, 
based off, I, I don't know how record deals usually <laughs> <laughs> usually work, but I think that's kind of uh, standard, I guess. Yeah, so y'all did a three-deal record, so y'all have got one more coming up, or still yeah, yeah. plans, but let's talk a little bit about the newest album, Myriad. Am I saying that correct? Sure. <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah, I mean, you're a native English <laughs> yeah. speaker, so no, I'm I... always scared that I, I will pronounce nah. things wrong and... Okay. Uh, so on so um but no i i really like this album this is a really cool album um i specifically like the last three songs like kind of that transition from humane tundra to hidden chambers like i like that whole uh, um just that whole section of the album it's really Mm. um i like how moody it is i like that there's kind of some melodic kind of stuff in there it's very abstract and E3. Um, so I, I really am digging this album. What was the writing process like for y'all? And um, how long did it take you to write and record this album? Yeah, so after we released uh, Oscillation, uh, we uh, immediately started to, to like uh, write new stuff. Um Oscillation was re- uh, released in 2019, so during like the the fall there, we started to to write some new stuff, you know, just jam some ideas, and then we were supposed to go on tour, and then you know, COVID hit and it was postponed like for, for first one year and then another year. Yeah. Uh, so that left us with a lot of time to to write. So we immediately I started to write a lot of songs, um, and actually had like like a bunch of ideas that I showed to the other guys. This was like during spring 2020, but they weren't really into that direction because it was, you know, a bit of a step away from what we've done earlier. So we like put those songs away and started to, to write like more in a direction that we all could get behind. And um, when we had the, maybe written uh, one third of the, um, of the album because we were three guys in the band at that time uh, me oscar and, and simon was our bass player so we could like meet up and um like jam stuff out and then i would uh, make demos at home and and uh, i could like put on a, a second guitar because we when we uh, recorded the inside we earned we were uh, a quartet and and so we since then i guess we even now as a duo, we always thought of ourselves like a quartet and, you know, we write like we're a quartet, you right. know, we think bass, drums, two guitars mm-hmm. and vocals, and then maybe we add some stuff, you know, to the, to the records, but that's always like the, the, the basis to have like these four instruments. Uh, but then uh, Simon decided to quit the band, like in the middle of the writing process. So we had to, you know, change things up a bit. It was hard, to, you know, to be just two guys, drummer and a guitarist, and sure you can you can like hash out basic ideas, but to as soon as you add in more instruments, I mean things change, and and you want to to change the stuff that you've already you know created for the song, and uh, so uh, and this was also during the the pandemic, so I was at home, you know, after my kids went to sleep, I. You know, brought all my stuff up and, and started to record demos, and you know, really took time to uh, write and rewrite things until we were completely satisfied. So this was a, a bit new for us as well with with Myriad to to put put that much time into the record, and yeah. there were even songs that didn't make it to the to the track list. Uh, and before that, you know, we always like, okay, we have a full, we have enough songs for an album now. Let's record. That's that was the way that we used to do things. Yeah. And uh, as soon as you know, when you're like four people in the band, you you're in the rehearsal space, and and we, we did wrote most of our stuff together. Uh, as soon as everyone has something to play, that that everything everyone feels satisfied with, you know, let's move on to the next part and so on. Uh, but uh, for Myriad, we, we took a lot more more time, you know, to okay, can we can we make this song better? Uh, how can we make this even better? Mm-hmm. Are we completely satisfied with 
with the sound and and everything. So uh, it was definitely the the record where we put the, the most thought into and most time and energy and, and so on. For sure. I've I've got another question, but do you have a question? Oh no, sure. I I was just gonna ask about touring. Like, do you That's guys yeah. Yeah, yeah, do you guys plan on doing that? Do you you know like what's that look like for you? Yeah, it, you know as I mentioned before, this is the band has been for a, quite a long time. It was more like a recording project, you know, more of a side project. We were in other bands and so on. Uh, but we started to play live around the, the writing process for In Silence We Yearn uh, because then we were a full band for the first time with four people. So we had some shows, you know, small shows around Sweden and so on. And after the release of the record as well, we did a, like a release show where we played the, the whole whole album and, and some songs from Resistance is Futile. But uh, after that, uh, um, there was uh, kind of a, a thing that, that happened. We were supposed to go to, to Russia to do some shows and then, yeah, stuff happened and we, we didn't make it. And we took uh, like some time off from the band, you know, said, let's, let's go on a hiatus. And, and um, after we like regrouped uh, again, we decided to just focus on recording. So it wasn't until after we released Oscillation that we started to talk about Maybe we should do shows again, and we had like a tour planned. And mm-hmm. COVID hit, and we had to like postpone that for first one year and then another year. And we were supposed to go last spring, but then we got an offer from Gallus and Astronaut uh, to uh, support them for like two weeks of their European tour. So we ditched our own plans and and joined them instead. And that was like the first time we played live in in many many years. So how was that? Um, that was that's a pretty cool experience, I'm sure. Like, what was that two week run like? It was really great, you know, because we only played small shows around Sweden before, uh, like one festival in Norway or something like that. So it was great to see, you know, just the, the music scene uh, in different uh, uh, European countries, and and you know, to just to follow the guys in in uh, and astronaut uh, and to see how things done during a tour it was a completely new experience for us and a lot of fun and and we learned a lot and and you know also when you play with a bigger band like that you get to steal their audience which is i mean awesome <laughs> it's awesome <laughs> it's totally awesome you know and people actually showed up you know when when we were because i mean for some shows people don't show up for like the support act and they come and they're like the main band is supposed to play but people were there listening to us and you know so yeah we're very grateful to to them for having us along and it was yeah it was really fun really great that's so cool and do you enjoy performing live does that give you an adrenaline rush when you're getting to play and you hear just the music that you've created jamming so loud like do you connect a lot with uh playing live yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, it's it's so so fun to to play live, and it was nice to be able to do. Uh, I mean, a lot of shows in a row like that, and and uh, to feel like how you very quickly, you know, mm-hmm. you develop new skills as a band, and uh, also, I mean, just to a lot of the songs from from like from the songs from Oscillation, we we never played them live, and. And of course, not from Myriad either. And now we had the chance to finally play a lot of, a lot of songs that have never been played live. live, and, and you get a different you know, feeling for which songs work well live and which songs are, are you know, uh, uh, are fun to play live. Because uh, it's not always like your, your favorite song from the record that you enjoy the most to play live uh, and that, you, uh, that the audience uh, uh, appreciate the most either. So... Yeah, you, you learn a lot from that too. Like uh, we're we're writing now for for a new new record, and uh, we're thinking a lot. I mean, taking a lot from the tour. Like what what songs were fun to play live, and and uh, that inspired us. To, I mean, for the direction that we're kind of heading towards with with this new record that we're writing. So uh, yeah, that that was like a a good byproduct as well. That's really cool. That's really cool. That's awesome. Oh, do you have any other projects that you do or that you're involved with? Or is 
Is this the like only musically? Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, nothing uh, major at the moment, but you know, I'm, I'm always writing songs. Uh, different, you know, like we talked to in the, in the beginning of the interview. You, you, you want to. to I always have like 10, 10 <laughs> bands in the back of my head that I want to create, you know, different yeah. things. Uh, like now in life for me, when, with, you know, uh, it's with work and family and so on. Um, uh, doing the, the stuff with Oiroshima takes up all, all the time I have, uh, have, have left. So <laughs> it's hard to, to get into other things. But, uh, you know, I, I have, we have some like very slow paced projects that we're in the talks with some, some old friends and so on. You know, I, I try to to keep busy as, as much as I can, um, but uh, no, n- nothing major. Do you have any like other creative outlets that you do, like you know, anything? Um, like outside of music? Not, not really. No, no. Um, I, I I wrote like I guess that was also around the time of the pandemic and a bit before that. I, I wrote some poetry, like. Uh, oh, cool. Um. That was that was kind of fun. I haven't done it now for for a while, but uh, you know, I'm used to writing lyrics and so on, mostly in English. So, so these uh, poems were mostly in, in Swedish. Uh, it was it was fun to you know be creative with words. Uh, you know, I uh, for me lyrics are are important uh, when listening to to music. Yeah. Um, so it was fun to dig into that a bit more and uh, I think maybe helped me to become a better uh, songwriter as well when it comes to the, to the lyrics but uh, I think that's it I'm a terrible painter and uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, we my brother he he makes all the the music videos for the band cool. um, uh, he films and and uh, does all the editing and and so on and yeah but we're usually like the directing and so on. We we do together, uh, so that's I guess something creative uh, that I really enjoy doing as well. Even if you know we haven't done a, a lot of videos, but uh, yeah, I enjoy it lots too. That video yeah. that you guys have, where you're playing, is, are you playing in like a warehouse of some sort? It's yeah, it's like a, the one we I think actually yeah. actually it's like a yoga or. Like a like a, uh, like a it, art studio of some sort. Yeah, it's did, like an art yeah, studio for like, like photos. <laughs> and, yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah, good place, yeah. you know, big open space. Very, so, uh, did you guys film yeah. that yourselves, or did, uh, did somebody approach you guys to do that? Uh, no, we did that video ourselves. Uh, just just the two of us. It's incredible. It's incredible. Oh, thanks. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Glad you like yeah. it. Uh, no, uh, we we filmed it. I mean, my brother does most of the filming, like the moving cameras for the drums. That's me filming, mm-hmm. you know, after a lot of directions from my brother. That's cool. Um, <laughs> and then, then we had, you know, like, like we just placed the cameras and hit record and that, that did it from a lot of different angles. It took like a day to record or something like that. And then my brother did all like the, there's some nature shots as well. Uh, uh, he did that uh, some other times. We watched that over at my house one afternoon, like after practice, and we all just kind of, we all just zoned shut out. Up. Yeah, we yeah. were all quiet, <laughs> we all got quiet and just watched. Uh-huh. It was like all of a sudden, I, oh, we cool. all realized that we were all entranced in this video, yeah. and we watched it from start to finish without speaking. And then after <laughs> it was done, we all just looked at each other like that was awesome. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's so nice. Really, Thank yeah, you. Really great. I thoroughly enjoyed that. I like I. Like I said, I I built a movie screen a couple of years ago, and like so, I'll mm. just like I'll set it up sometimes when it's nice out, and either I'll screen a movie or you know I've watched concerts. Mm. Like I think, um, what concert did I watch out there? Oh. I watched the O Brother concert out there, or or no no, or they were like live in studio. Um, it was oh, it was great. Yeah, you have like a good the PA system. Or um, yeah, I have like a well. I have like a sound bar because I don't want to like blow my neighbors away. But like I have like a sound bar that works pretty well, oh. um, so I'll set that up like in front, and um, you know set up my projector, and, um, mm. and so I watched that outside, and it was it was really cool because it was like a really overcast night, so it was cool to just like be out there and 
you know, watch that and hear it and, you know, winds blowing and it's just, it was really, really cool, nice. nice setting to be in for that. Yeah. <laughs> so good. Yeah. And I mean, it's great with the, with like the videos that, that we can do them ourselves. I mean, the DIY thing again, yeah. I mean, I really enjoy that and I like to do it as much as possible still, you know, with the band, do stuff our, ourselves. For sure. Um, I mean, it's, it's so much fun and to be in, like in, in control and, and, you know, to feel like, uh, yeah, I mean, there's just th- some, th- something about it that, that, uh, feels, feels good. Yeah, yeah. You can, you can say what you want to say. You can do what you want to do. You can be in control of the direction. And, um, I wanted to ask you a little bit about like your like when you're recording and how you sort of work through that. Kind of like with me, I struggle with being a perfectionist and it mm. can hinder my ability to do demo work because I can't let myself work through that process of it being a little clunky at the beginning and it not sounding mm. like the mastered version after <laughs> I do the take, you know? So yeah. that's something that I'm currently still working through. I've, I've made a little bit of progress, but it's definitely hindered my develop, like being able to put music out more frequently. So is that something that you struggle with? And if so, what are some of the things that have helped you work through that or what are some of your approaches that help you kind of, you know, take it, take it from this big, huge project and all right, I'm going to start here and section it up. So it's not such an overwhelming process to where you just like quit. Mm. Yeah. 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 I definitely struggle with that as well. So I can recognize (laughs) what you're saying here. Um, Yeah. And, and I have, have had to work on that a lot, you know, with the, because some some people creative people you know they they can just you know they have a new song and just grab guitar and they can play it i mean to to anyone like a they don't have the lyrics finished or anything i mean they're just very open with like stuff they create or maybe i don't know uh, you have uh, like a painting or a poem or whatever some people just feels like they're very very open to just show show what they're doing like in the middle of the process but from, from i've never been like that you know I, I want to you know box myself in and you know keep everyone out until i feel very satisfied but but i've learned that that can be very limiting and uh, i think i've i've gotten better on on you know like opening up the creative process to to other people to and and um, also i mean after you've done a couple of, of records and uh, and for us, with um, with oscillation, was was the first time that we we did re- demos before we did the actual recordings, mm. um, and that you know, uh, and we did it again then with with Myriad, and to have done that two times with these latest records, that uh, I mean I think I've developed a lot in in being able to you know know that okay this is just the beginning of the process and you know this is not how it's going to sound in the end yeah you know that it's going to be a lot better and and that you you things will change and so on and um and also like uh because i usually make like the, the basis of the songs and then i send them to my brother or we meet up and jam you know the songs to two of us um maybe i usually have like because when i write music i i usually if i write like a uh like some chords on the guitar i usually get like uh, in my head a, a vision of how I want the bass to play and and the lead guitar and also the drums you know I get this I hear the song in my head uh, sometimes what I hear in my head is good and sometimes it's totally you know rubbish um so but and that can be I mean very uh creative and and I feel like I can use that to to I mean have a vision for the song um that helps me know where I'm, where I'm going. Right. But it can also be limiting if, if like I have had this drum beat in my head, and then I send it to my brother, and he sends over like a completely different beat. <laughs> At the beginning, I can, I can be like really put off by that. Like, 
no, no, this isn't working. But I've learned that, <laughs> I mean, like that first reaction is almost always wrong, you know. And I mean, he's the drummer, so he, he definitely knows what he's doing better than me. Uh, <laughs> and to just, you know, relax and, okay, I'm, I'm going to try to listen to this. And usually in the end, it's like, uh, this is so much better than like the boring <laughs> idea I had in the beginning. So, uh, man, if that uh, isn't the most yeah. relatable story I've ever <laughs> That, I mean, that's our creative process as well. Oh yeah, yeah. This is exactly how it goes. How many guys are you in the band? Uh, four. You there? Yeah. Yeah. Four. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's also. I mean, and and I'm in the brand band with my brother. So so I mean, we learn to communicate pretty good, and yeah. and you know we have kind of similar views on stuff. But it's but it's harder when you're like four people and you have to compromise. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, that's like when there's the two of us, we can do whatever we want, you know? Yeah. I feel very free to, to do things that uh, exactly the way we, we want to. And I mean, that's something great in that. But I also, you know, miss the, the thing where you're like some different people compromising mm -hmm. to create. I mean, sure. not maybe something that, that you would do if it was... Uh, all you doing I mean all the instruments and so on but it becomes something else and, mm -hmm. and uh, that like community uh, and communal feeling you have in it that's just uh, one of the best feelings in the world so. yeah like as a drummer like I know that Marissa like our our actual drummer like she and I are uh, very different players sometimes I'm better for whatever she's writing or sometimes Marissa's better for whatever she's writing, but being able to change that and like, you know, move around is so nice because if it's not working mm. one way, maybe we can try it. Maybe somebody else has a different idea of how this is, should sound and we can try it a different way. Um, so that definitely opens us up to being able to do, you know, more. Um, which I like, you know, mm -hmm. Wani and Marissa, they're different bass players. I'm not a bass player, mm -hmm. but like those two, like they're different, uh, you know, as far as their approach. So we can always, yeah, we can always flip, you know, the whole thing around and try something, you know, a different way. Yeah. And it works. And mm. Just like I, I'm, I'm realizing I'm not, I'm not the best at it right still. Like in, it's just a continual process, but kind of what you were just saying, there is something about um, having multiple people there where you have to sort of work through the vision because it, mm. it pulls something out of it that may not have been there. And even though in those moments it can seem like frustrating and almost like this is not going to end up as good as it could because it's not my way. Um, mm. But I'm learning that, that's actually where the beauty is. That's actually mm. where the growth is. That's actually what you're like when you look back on your journey as a musician, those are the moments that actually make you a better musician. You know? Yeah, I think that's very true. Yeah. And I mean for, for you guys that are, there are several multi instrumentalists in the band that must be like even harder because you know you I mean for me, my brother, I know I mean I'm not a drummer. I don't I don't know how to play drums so i mean he's the expert right i mean for, for you guys i mean it's gotta be a, a bit tougher but also i mean more giving because you you can like uh coach the tire and and you know uh, sure yeah well i know it's a saturday yeah, with your family close. and and i don't want to oh, take up too much more of your time here no worries no worries um unless do you have anything else you want to no, ask i think we touched on everything like i really wanted to talk honestly like mm. this is this is mal's show I just wanted to get somebody on here that I wanted to hear talk. No, you know? and I mean, like, Jesse. So, like, that's really, like, you know, even if I wasn't involved in this, I just wanted to get you on her show to, you know, hear about your process and everything. Okay, so, thanks. So, no, thank I've you for doing this. Like, Really appreciate it. No, and Jesse is, uh, she has not given herself enough credit. <laughs> it's my <laughs> podcast, but she's on here a lot and basically a co-host at this point, and, you know, we've talked yeah. about, like, we've been interviewing a lot of our local musician friends. And, and um, okay. you know, it's really, really appreciate you coming on because we're trying to expand our reach a little bit. And okay, it's yeah. just been really cool to hear about, like, what you do, how you got to where you are. Um, mm. Because we truly admire the music you put out. So um, 
thank you for doing that, for sharing your art with us. And we want you to know that we listen to it and it means a lot to us. And it's really... Oh, thanks so much. We really are thankful that you spent the time to share your process with us because we really admire what you do. Yeah, it's always interesting to do, be talking to, you know, other musicians as well, you know, to, you know, you, all, you always find these connections and, uh, you know, you... I mean, you, you struggle with the same stuff and then you, yeah. <laughs> you like... <laughs> Uh, you enjoy like the, the same same things and so on so uh, yeah it was great to be to be on the show awesome. thanks well maybe we can do it again and sure anytime yeah thank you so much uh, enjoy the rest of your day with your family and... thanks you too yeah. have a great weekend guys we'll talk to you again yeah. soon alright thanks again definitely bye see ya and just like that we are done with another episode of Malfunction if you are still here I appreciate you so much And until next time, let's keep the funk in malfunction. Peace.